1: Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me today is Max Cohen from the Boot Room. This episode, we'll be discussing a few articles Max has recently written on Fulham. After that, we'll talk about some transfer speculation as the silly season has gone a little crazy lately in regards to Fulham. Boy, it really has, and we have much to talk about in the second half of the show about that, but we will focus more on Max's articles in the beginning, but before we do anything else, I have to welcome Max back to the show. Mr. Cohen, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ross. It
0: feels really good to be back on the show. It's been a it's been a long summer, but thankfully the Fulham news is heating up. And as you said, the silly season is in full flow. Oh, uh, is! Isn't it nice to be back in the Premier League and having all these transfer rumors that aren't Mark Mark Fotheringham? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're gonna get to that because the players that Fulham are linked to are on a different level right now. It's funny because if you look at the silly season, the beginning of the silly season, Fulham are linked to many. I guess you could say championship players. Now all of a sudden it's gone up to a different level where former linked to players that some of the big boys are linked to. Let's just start here before we get into talking about your articles. Are you surprised with some of the players that former linked to?
0: At times, yes, I am surprised for us because we still are a newly promoted team. You know, we are not a team who's been established in the Premier League for the past couple of seasons. In theory, we shouldn't really be attracting players of the likes of Jean Michel Seri um and, and others but if you look at kind of past couple seasons promoted teams who've come up have kind of made a splash with big signings I think it's just a show of how strong the Premier League is how much money is in play that players like seri are going to choose Fulham you know over some of Europe's top clubs you know he's linked with Barca just a couple of seasons ago and now he's at Craven Cottage so for me it, it is sometimes really surprising but you know that's who we are right now we're in the Premier League and we're going to act like it in the transfer
1: market. Absolutely, and, and that's been my point about this, Max. We're not in the championship anymore. So if Fulham want to spend money, they want to spend big money. So be it. Again, that's the way I look at it. And if we're linked to these players, to me, that just shows a sign of intent, which I've said on a prior show, ambition, major ambition. To me, this all talks about Fulham not just wanting to be in the Premier League, but to stay in the Premier League and actually compete. And that's what I talked about with Giannis on the last show. This, to me, is all about intent, Max. You know, again, there's one thing to be linked to some of these players. It's another thing to bring one in, which they did in Saturday. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I talked to that point with uh, Giannis on the last show, but I definitely want to get your take because you wrote about that. But to me, this is all about Fulham taking it to the next level and not being content with just being in the Premier League. They want to compete. This is what I talked to Giannis about. I'm assuming you agree with me on that. Oh, for sure. And one
0: thing about this whole situation, which I want to bring up, because I don't think it's been talked about um, that much, is we have not heard anything from Slavisa Kanovich. Nothing. Nothing, which is great, which is great news. Remember the past couple seasons? Every single week would be a new headline. We'd go into the press and say- That's a positive sign. Yeah, either they back me or sack me. Where's the investment? I'm going to leave if they don't pay money in the transfer market. And now we just spent 30 million pounds on Jean-Michel Seri and Max Lemarchand. And that's amazing. And you can't just happy. We haven't heard anything from him, which is such a huge turnaround from past uh, transfer windows. And it's almost like a blessing because we're linked with these big players. Tony Khan is showing intent and the manager is happy. So it's going very well as far as I'm concerned so far.
1: So far, so good. And uh, listen, myself and other fans want to see more signs. Of course we do. But there's still a little under three weeks to go. And uh, I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing some signings soon have to be because this can't be the team that they're just going to go with. So definitely um, I'm encouraged by what we're seeing, but as anyone else, I I want to see more signs, but I see the intent. I see the direction that they're going. It's a wonderful point by you. We've heard nothing. And I mean, nothing from Savisa Yokanovich. I take that as a positive sign. Like you do, my friend. All right, let's get into the show and we're going to start with your articles. And um, let's start here because uh, this happened Earlier in the week, let's talk about your article entitled "Fulham Sale of David Button to Brighton is a Brilliant Deal. And Max, what's very interesting about this, I want you to talk about what you wrote about, but just my opinion on David Button, I don't think he's a terrible goalkeeper. I think at times he was a very effective goalkeeper. But for me, Fulham really took it to the next level when Marcus Bettinelli was inserted as your starting goalkeeper. But that doesn't mean that David Button did a terrible job. I think this is a good deal for both sides. Get him to Brighton and Fulham now have, have some money from the deal. But I want to get your thoughts. First of all, what you wrote about with David Button, then we can take it from there.
0: Yeah, sure. I, I totally agree with you on that point um, because after David Button got sold, there's kind of a wide range um, of reactions from fans. A couple really cheering his departure saying, oh, he was terrible. I'm so glad he's gone. And other people saying, well, listen, he actually wasn't too bad. And I'm somewhere in the middle on that. I agree yep. with you, Russ. And that, let's be honest, he had some he had a he had a knack for having some very poor performances. I talked about the Derby match in April twenty seventeen. You know, that yep. was kind of the worst for me, when he let David Nugent score some ridiculously oh, easy terrible. goals. A couple I think he he cleared a clearance right into Nugent and he tapped into an empty net. And that's one of the things with Button for me that might have been the ultimate factor in him being sold. Is that he just was not comfortable with his distribution. And the way Fulham play with the passing out of the back with, you know, Reem, a very nice ball playing center back, um, as well as people who like to pass around the back. There are times at the early part of this season when Budden was first choice, when it would just feel so nervy passing around the back and you just have to clear it long and we'd lose the ball immediately, which is not really how Slavisa likes to play. But to be fair, at the beginning of the season, that Budden was first choice and Budden turned in some very good performances. He won a number of man of the matches uh, in the early parts of 2017, 18, And we were thinking, listen, maybe he can be first choice. But there always seems to be this tendency when Benelli comes in and takes over, the team does better. And maybe you could say the first time he did it at the end of the 2016-17 season, maybe that was a fluke. But I really don't think you can completely write it off after it happened again this year. And that run, as I wrote, we never looked back after Benelli took over.
1: And right. I, I and the way head. that I look at it, Max, and then I'll, I'll let you continue. Sorry to jump in here. I look at it this way. With Bettinelli, there was a confidence with the full back four. It just seemed like they felt more confident with him. And there was this comfort level that they had with him that they could just do their job. The nervousness of Button, for me, affected the back four. This is just my opinion. And it just didn't seem natural as it did with Bettinelli because. A player, I think, just wants to do their job, and you have to feel confidence that the person behind you can do their job. And if he's feeling nervous, potentially you're going to feel nervous. So I think that's kind of what was going on with Fulham with Button. Now, here's the thing. I think in a different system and a different style of play, David Button can be a good backup. I think he's going to Brighton, and it's going to work out for him because I think it's a different situation for him. It's not going to be the situation that he has with Fulham the way that Fulham play. They play completely differently. He might work out well, Max, at Brighton. Your thoughts, and I'm sorry I broke in there with you. Yeah, that's actually interesting because I
0: never really considered how well he'd fit into the Brighton lineup. I'd always just kind of thought the fact that we got money for him was a plus. And coming from a Premier League team, that's what really shocked me is that I don't think anyone really thought Budden had the quality to play in the Premier League. You know, I I think people would say he's he's a decent championship goalkeeper. I think that's how most people would categorize him. So when I saw Brighton... Bought him. That's really what clicked it for me. I was like, "Wow, this is some great piece of business." He says, "Let's be honest. He was a backup for us, and right. a backup championship goalkeeper doesn't often make a Premier League move when he can't get a game in the Championship." Which was interesting, but I actually do think that's a good point. I think uh, with Chris Hughton at Brighton, they're not going to be playing that kind of pass out of the back style that we play at Craven Cottage, and you know what? That could really suit him much better. So, for you to say it suits both parties well, I would definitely agree with that with that statement.
1: Right, and that's where I'm going on this, because sometimes a player just needs a a new location that fits uh, his skill set. Maybe this is a good place for him, and then it works out for him. I I wish him the best. It just didn't work out for him at Fulham. He never seemed to feel comfortable in Savisa's style. Marcus Bettinelli does feel comfortable. It's obvious. It shows. That's why he's still with Fulham, and Button is not, in my opinion. It comes down to a style... And a comfort level between these two goalkeepers. One fit it, the other didn't. One's at Brighton, one's still at Fulham. That's the way I look at it, my friend. All right, let's move on to another article. And this is something that Yanis and I talked about in our breaking news episode last week. It involves Jean-Michel Seri, and we're going to talk about him. I know we talked about him last week, but I want to get your thoughts because you wrote about it. And here's your article entitled Barca DNA Fulham signed Jean-Michel Ceri to kick off summer spending, all right, Max. Let's start off our conversation about Seri. Just talk about what you wrote about here. Yeah,
0: this article really focused on uh, what Xavi said about Seri just a couple of seasons ago when he was linked with Barcelona, and he said he can play anywhere in the middle. He is fantastic. He has what they call the Barca DNA, no doubt. And that's coming from one of the best center midfielders of his generation, perhaps of all time. You could argue, and. I don't think Fulham have ever been linked with a player or necessarily bought a player who's been described as having the Barca DNA. And this move for me just really sunk in that, listen, we're back in the Premier League. As you mentioned at the top of the show, the players we've been linked with, the players we've bought, this is a huge statement of intent. Absolutely. And and I'm going to ask you this, Russ, because it's a debate I've seen on Twitter and debate I've been having um, with other Fulham supporters. Is this the best ever signing Fulham have made? In terms of buying a player at the peak of his talents, who's been linked with top clubs, is this our best ever signing? And I'm not sure if it's necessarily is, but it's definitely worth a conversation, I think.
1: Oh, it is. Absolutely. And uh, I've had people tell me, Edwin van der You know, you go back there. And others have brought up Berbatov. It's not Berbatov because no, Berbatov was, no. was on the back nine at that point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely not Berbatov. And, Absolutely and, and, yeah. not. Perfect the
0: one name want to play from, I'll
1: be with you. right, the one name that comes up to me that might surprise some is Musa Dembele, because I think Musa Dembele was just about getting into his peak, uh, and it really took off at Fulham, and uh, then of course he goes on to Spurs, but he really took it to the next level from coming from another division, comes to Fulham, and really, obviously plays extremely well to get his next move to Tottenham Hotspur, but. I might say the, you know, to go along with this signing, Moussa Dembele. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fair.
0: What I would say about Dembele is, I think when we bought Dembele from AZ Alkmaar in Holland, he wasn't as big of a name. No, or as he wasn't. Lauded as, and you're, I think you, if you make the case that he developed at Fulham, certainly I, I would agree he's the best player who we brought through and turned in from a good a player to a player who's one of the best midfielders in the world right now, I'd say. So we definitely cultivated him. Right. But I think what, what's different with Sarri, is that he came already as a big name, and he's our club record signing. And they're the he's just theory. entering his
1: prime, Max, which his is a, a huge yes. point yes. to look at with this. He only just turned 27 in yeah. his prime.
0: Exactly. His best years were ahead of him, and he just fits into the system perfectly. Him and Tom Kearney in the center midfield together, I can only dream at the, pass, the passing capabilities of that side. And we've seen statistics comparing Kearney's passing accuracy to Sarri's passing accuracy in the French league. And they're amazingly similar, which just is so exciting to think about. These are two players who love to play the ball on the ground, who have a great creative eye, who can make that killer pass. And so just to have one in your team and Tom Kearney is a bonus to have two. That's when I really start to think, listen, we might actually have a shot at making some waves in the Premier league and not just surviving.
1: What's interesting about this signing. Max is the way I look at it. I call this the centerpiece because Sere's signing fits perfectly with how Savisa wants to play. So having someone like this who can dictate the play, Fulham still obviously want to play the possession style. They're not going to be able to do that each and every week with some of the teams that they're going to go against. But this tells me that Savisa wants to continue to play the possession style football. You have that player that can just start situation that starts the play up that can actually. Possess the ball and move it forward. That's going to be Cersei's role. He's going to be the playmaker. And then you have Kearney, like you said, and you will also have McDonald being the protector. But you're going to have the playmaker in Cersei. That's what's exciting about this, because having a player like that now can set everything up for them moving forward. You know, I, I look at someone like Danny Murphy, different type of player, but without Danny Murphy, Fulham, we're not the same team. You now have a player that actually can link up play moving forward, and uh, I think that's key. We're going to see how it all works out for someone like Stefan Johansson, but I think he comes in to take that role. But what's interesting about all this, Max, and uh, I I had seen some backlash to the signing of Serene. This is where I want to go on this. Right now, I mentioned to you off-air that um, I saw an interview with uh, Gab Marcotti on ESPN FC, and he was asked about this signing talk. Again, I'm paraphrasing. He talked about how good of a signing it was for Fulham, but then the other side of it is that then he talked about how he had heard from Arsenal that Arsenal had cooled on him because of his height and the physicality of the Premier League. Then I started to see some other talk on, on social media coming out of France. You know, again, it's it, it's just all Twitter talk, but Downplaying the role. And I think what it comes down to, Max, the reason why I think all this is being downplayed is to the team that he went to, which is full. You know, I actually have a good friend that's a Chelsea supporter that produces uh, a very good podcast about Italian football. And uh, he interviewed me and he was just telling me how Chelsea, you know, that was really their second choice, that, that Jorginho was their first choice, that basically telling me that. Suri is a good player, but they needed someone at a higher level. I think if Suri goes to Chelsea, he's considered an elite player. I think the only reason why he's now considered by some as a good player is because he went to full, Max. There's a little lack of respect there. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, completely. And and I I know the feeling well of when kind of a a supposedly bigger club misses out on a player. And for me, it's just jealousy. They're angry. They're like, wow. Sour graves, Sour Graves completely. I said, hmm, this player has chosen Fulham over us. Let's just try to beat him as much as possible to make ourselves feel better. Because let's be honest, we wanted him. We missed out on him. <laughs> and other stuff that he mentioned earlier on off air about his height, people said he's not physical enough. He's too small. Jean-Michel Cidri is 5'6". And Golokante is 5'6". Exactly. Don't tell anyone a player of that stature cannot succeed in the Premier League ever again because it just it's, it's nonsense. I'd expect to hear that out of you know an American fan who doesn't know that much about soccer who might say, "Oh, listen, he's too small. We need a big, strong player." That's not how that's not how football works. You know, that's 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 not how the game works. If you're good enough, you're good enough. Doesn't matter your height. Doesn't matter your stature. I mean, you mentioned Messi earlier on as well. It's your quality. You can right. be as tall as you like and have no quality. You can be five six and have quality. And Sere is one of those players of quality, regardless of his stature.
1: Right. And again, I, I, I have been a little bit surprised. I guess I shouldn't have been by some of the commentary that I've seen since he signed with Fullman. I think this does come down to, like you said, maybe there's a little jealousy there that some of these uh, teams fans wanted this player. You know, the thoughts in France, maybe some of these uh, French press, you know, wanted him to go to a bigger team. I don't know. All I know is that I think this is a very good fit for not just the player, but Fulham. I think it's a, a perfect fit because you've got a player that does exactly what Savisa wants him to do and, and what the player wants to do. The player wants to be able to create. And uh, I think he's going to get that opportunity with Fulham. So I cannot wait to see how he fits into the side. I look forward to it. And I love the fact that he was their first signing, new signing along with uh, with Maxine LeMachon being, again, another Nice player coming in as well. I like the fact that they brought in two players from the same team, but I'm excited that they got a player of this caliber, and it just shows me that Fulmer not content, Max, just like I keep going back to, just being in the league. They want to compete, and I was thinking about this, Max, because here in America, you know, we focus a lot on the NFL, and this is, to me, a good analogy when I look at, the cons other team which is the jacksonville jaguars who were a laughing stock for many many years and the cons bought them and it took them a while to get them going they they finally got a lot of good draft picks but what was also happening is that free agents started going to jacksonville and i started hearing what i was hearing with seri why is he going to jacksonville why and what ended up happening was not only did one free agent go to jacksonville several started to go because these big names started going. there. now obviously money is a factor there too. But once one came, others came. And my point in this is that now you look at Jacksonville and they're one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl this year. They've completely changed how they're looked at in the NFL by their play and by other big name players going there. So I think the first part of this is, Changing how foam are looked at by other players, other teams, other agents, you know, looking at foam a certain way. You bring in Suri, I've now said it. Other players could want to come now too. And now, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of these players that are linked to foam. I don't think it's an accident. I think that it, part of it is foam going for these players, but some of these players might actually want to come to foam, which is exciting because you have – a player of Suri's level, and and other players and agents might say, well, listen, if he's going there, maybe my client, maybe me, if I'm a player, want to go there too. So all of, I'm going to call it the Sarri effect, could be massive for Fulham. He goes there, we'll, we'll say how long he stays, but just coming there is a sign of intent and just takes Fulham to a team that is thought of in one way and I think changes the game just a little bit. And then if someone else comes, it changes a little bit more. So it's changing the image of Fulham, and it might take a little while, but hopefully it will change for the positive. All right, my friend, let's move on. Let's talk about another article you wrote, and it's entitled, Scott Parker's Homecoming Adds Much-Needed Premier League Experience to Fulham. Let's talk about your article here about the return of Parker.
0: Yeah, I think this is a move that really the whole Fulham community can get behind because he's such a beloved figure at the club, and, and I've written about him in the past of how dedicated he was to Fulham when he didn't need to be. He signed in the season when we got relegated. And like most League quality players who went down with us, I think many expected him to leave as soon as we were in the championship. But he stayed during possibly the worst period in our recent history. He stayed during the do- the dog days, the Felix Magat era, when we lost our first seven championship games in 2014. And he became his he captain. He led us valiantly through two relegation um, uh, sur- survival campaigns in the championship when it was clear that he was a, a higher quality. He didn't have to be there. And he always played with passion. His shirt was always tucked in. He always went hard in the challenge. And he really, truly seemed like he loved Fulham. And even in the last year with Fulham, when he was a player, when he didn't see as much playing time uh, as he did in the past, he served as a mentor to the younger players in the team. There was even an interview that he did with the boot room um, during that season when he said how he gave advice to Ryan Sessegnon about what was it like to come through as a right. young player um, in, in professional football. So he was such a beloved figure around Fulham. And I think it was, people were surprised when he left to coach Tottenham under-18s right after you know, he retired from playing. But it really makes a lot of sense for him to come back to Fulham. And the point I focused on in the article was the Premier League experience because Slavisa's has never coached in the Premier League. Our only players to play in the Premier League, Tom Kearney, Tim Ream, Kevin McDonald. You know those only players have really meaningful Premier League experience. So just to get that in the coaching setup is really valuable. Um, and he brings a know-how of what to do in the Premier League. He's a vastly experienced player, very knowledgeable, and just a really smart move to kick off uh, the
1: summer. I thought. Now listen, I'm I'm glad to have Scott Parker back with Fulham. Like you said, his experience I think could really be a help uh, f- for some of these players. So I'm glad to see him. Uh, the flip side of this. Max, and uh, I spoke to Giannis about this. I just want to get your thoughts before we move on. What do you make of him coming and, unfortunately, Stuart yeah. Gray leaving?
0: Yeah, Stuart Gray. It, 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 I totally agree. It's it's a flip side. And, and it wasn't nice to see because Stuart Gray's is another figure at the club who's been a key part of our revival. You know, he took over during that really kind of uncertain period when we'd sack Kit Simons and we're still yet to appoint Slavisa. That kind of, you know, couple months-long period uh, – in, in, in the 2015-16 season, when we didn't really have a manager. Stork Ray came in and really steadied the ship and did what had to be done to really keep us afloat. And then once Lavisa came in, I think very rightfully, he was kept along in in the coaching setup. So it's it sad to see him go. Obviously, I think it is a direct correlation. You know, Scott Parker came in and Stork Ray left. You know, he t- kind of took his position. And I, I don't know, I think Fulham might have dealt with that a bit better. Is there a way they could have both been kept on the coaching setup? unclear probably not but i don't know maybe would have liked to see um some of them kept on in in a different role perhaps but i think it's it's a big loss because dork gray was really key to us you know the club wished him the best we all wish him the best i'm sure and i'm glad i had trouble finding another job soon
1: listen i i was disappointed to see him go but my first thought max and i said this to Giannis on the last episode as well the minute i saw scar parker coming back to full my i thought was, oh, no, that means Stuart Gray might be gone, and it turned out to be true. Are they linked? I certainly think so, but uh, only these two guys know. Well, I shouldn't say Scott Parker would know, but I think Stuart Gray obviously knows. We'll we'll never know. But I was um, disappointed to see him go, and uh, I I wish him all the best. You know, uh, I really do, and let's, uh, let's hope for the best with Scott Parker. I think he can add something. To the coaching staff, and uh, I I wish him the best as well. All right, my friend. Let's now talk about the silly season. We have to talk about the silly (laughs) season because I'm telling you, it has gone nutty. Nutty is probably the best way to put it in regards to foam. We've seen the link to so many different players. We can't talk about all of them. They're just too many. (laughs) And next thing I look at, they're linked to another player and another player. It just continues and continues. But let's start our conversation off with your article that you wrote today, and uh, it's entitled, Four In's and Outs, Film Could Complete in the Next Week. It's an interesting article. We are recording this on Friday. Let's talk about your article, and then we'll talk about these individual players, some of them.
0: Yeah, sure. So I really thought, there's, as you mentioned, so many rumors, silly seasons, and full flow. And I was thinking, how about I just write one article uh, you know, about a player? And as soon as I start writing one article, profiling one target, you know, another three pop up. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, listen, let's just make it one article, recap them all, and win for everybody. So I start off with, with the big one, the one that everyone's been talking about. Yep. The one that we're finally waiting on. Still hasn't happened as of recording. Alexander Mitrovich. Right. I think everyone knows, I'd I say, Russ, that he will join us. I don't see him staying in Newcastle. I don't see him going to another club other than Fulham. It's just dragging on quite a bit. I think he's still on vacation. Um, after the World Cup, so I assume once he arrives, which should be shortly, he'll get this done. But a lot of uh, reports are saying he's very close to completing a 20 pad move. Right. The Evening standard was the most reputable I saw recently, who said they're really closing in on a deal. And this one is the most straightforward of all of them for me. He played his best football at Fulham last season. He has a great relationship with Slavisa. Everyone in the club loves him. I'm sure he's going to sign.
1: Okay, and you also mentioned a couple of other players as well. Sure. But one interesting name on this article, and I would recommend everyone going to read all of Max's articles, but this one's interesting. You, again, you're just throwing this out. You were talking about a potential out as being Colley Woodrow. Yeah, because this is something
0: I have not seen really anyone talking about, honestly. Everyone's been focused on who's coming in, and I thought, well, wait a minute. What happened to Colley Woodrow? So I, I looked at the, at the lineups and the benches for all three of our you know, preseason matches so far, Crawley Town, Reading, and Fenerbahce, and he's nowhere to be seen. And that's pretty odd because as far as I'm concerned, I think as a club website states, he's still a full player. He returned from his loan spell at Bristol City. And it just seems he's gone missing, which can only indicate to me he's probably going to be leaving this summer. Which is fair because I think a, a lot of people thought, I thought, you know, in the championship, he could be a really key player for us. He had some impressive performances towards the end of our relegation campaign. But he really is at a tough time of it. You know, loan spells at Bristol City most recently. He only scored two goals and played, I think, under fifteen appearances all season. So it's kind of sad to see a player who was once looked at the, to be the future of Fulham's forward attacking play. But it's pretty likely he's going to leave this summer.
1: I would think that he would be leaving. You know, again, maybe it's another loan. I don't know, but I can't imagine Kyle Woodrow playing with Fulham this season. Unfortunately, I don't see him as Premier League quality, and uh, I think it's time for the sides to part. Like I said whether it's alone or, or out the door altogether, that remains to be seen. But um, I found it interesting that you mentioned, you, you just said no one's talking about Collier Woodrow. So I'm glad that you brought that up, my friend. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some transfer speculation. We're going to talk about several names and uh, I want to give you three choices to call this not likely, likely, very likely. So we're going to put it in three categories All right. and uh, I will chime in as well which one of these three categories each one of these players falls into. Let's start with this goalkeeper that we've seen strong speculation on, on Fulham signing Fabri. I'm going to say this is very likely max based on what I've been reading. But until it gets done, you never know. But I think Fulham have a very good chance to sign this goalkeeper. What category do you put it on and your thoughts on this potential signing? I'm
0: going to go with you as well. I'm going to say very likely. Because the main reason for me is the links between Fabry and the current goalkeeping coach at Fulham. Great point. That's, that's what I think you were mentioning. That's what I think we've been reading a lot of because they've worked together in the past that he knows Fabry well, and that's going to be a really big factor. And in addition, it would make sense that we'd be bringing in another goalkeeper after Budden left. Sure. We're obviously short in that department. We need another top class goalkeeper. And I think Fabry would be a very intelligent signing. Uh, if you look at his uh, resume, he won the Turkish League two seasons ago with Besiktas. And this season, he was part of the team that made it to the Champions League knockout rounds. So to bring in a player with Champions League experience um, in the goalkeeping position, I think that's a very valuable pickup. That's another sign of you know, the type of players we can attract. And the only thing I want to mention about Fabri as a possible yeah. negative, if there are any, is that he's 30 years old, which for me isn't a problem. I think goalkeepers age a different way than other players. But if you remember during the kind of the height of the, the Kanovich, Tony Khan, and Craig Klein tension, there is this thing that came out that we were not targeting any players who were over 28, and that was a club rule. And this would uh, be in opposition to that, it would seem. Sure. What
1: do you think about that, Russ? Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I've thought about this, and uh, I'm thinking, you know, again, we'll have to see how this plays out. I've noticed that many players form have been linked to are around anywhere from 26 to 28. I, I'm sure you've noticed that as well. Uh-huh. Goalkeeper, I look at it a little bit differently, like you mentioned, because goalkeepers seem to mature with age until you yeah. get too old. So I don't think 30 is too old for a goalkeeper. Maybe, again, in part of Tony's you know, situation where, where they have a policy, maybe this is the exception to the role of goalkeeper. I don't know. Or maybe it's changing for the Premier League. Again, I don't know. But it's a very good point to bring up his age because that was the first thing that hit me, Max, is that maybe there's a little bit of change because we're in the Premier League. Or maybe it's simply because he's a goalkeeper and we look at goalkeepers' ages a little bit different than regular players. For sure. Yeah,
0: I, I think it was funny because th- there was that such um, high-profile you know, number. It was a very strict 28 or younger, which has its benefits and its, and it's uh, cons, obviously. But I, I like it for a goalkeeper because, as you mentioned, we both said, it's different the way they age. And if you're going to have someone with Champions League experience, like Fabry, I think at 30 years old, sure, you definitely snap him up. So Absolutely.
1: Let's take it. Right. And listen, I'm I'm not going to lie and say that I've watched this uh, player play. All I've done is what everyone else does, is watched a bunch of YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, they show you the highlights. They show you the brightest moments. Right, Max? Yeah, exactly. But what I – what I've seen on it is someone that looks like he commands his box, that's very aggressive in his box, and uh, like you said, the experience that he has, I'm feeling pretty good that they're looking at it as an upgrade. And that's what's interesting about this, Max, is that um I think we've heard you know speculation that, that Fulham had two different types of players that they were going to target mattering on what happened at the final. You know, you're obviously – planning for, say, the championship or planning for the Premier League, and that changes your targets, I think, this is just my opinion, in many cases, they're looking for upgrades at many positions. And goalkeeper is one of them. Nothing against Marcus Bettinelli. But if this goalkeeper comes to form, which we hope happens and we think is going to happen, I think he comes in as the number one, Max. you know, I've seen some speculation, people talking about it on social media that that maybe he's not coming in to be, be the number one. People are just speculating, well, what does this mean? I think if he comes, he's coming in to be the number one, Max.
0: It's a tough one, Russ, because
1: I'm definitely of the camp that I'm
0: a huge Marcus Bednelli fan. I made the case in the summer that he should be given a chance in the Premier League sure. as full number one. But at the same time, it's hard to place him over a player with experience that Fabri has. But let's be honest, as, as you mentioned earlier, None don't really know that much about this goalkeeper. We know the highlights. We know his, his resume. We know his pedigree. <laughs> we don't know how he's going to perform in England for Fulham no, in don't. the Premier League. It's it's unknown. So, And at the same time, let's be honest, we don't know how Marcus Badinelli is going to perform in the Premier no.
1: League. No, so
0: a lot of unknowns and with a goalkeeping position, as we've seen in Fulham, it can change very quickly. Even one match can just flip the number one, and that can sure. flip the team's fortunes. So I expect if we do sign for Bree, it will be a big battle, I think, in preseason. And listen, the best keeper w- will win out in the end. And I think if I look at it the way I look at it, if you sign him, it's a bonus because we have two very good goalkeepers. It's better to have two than one. And Absolutely. competition is always good. So it's a win-win in my book.
1: Right. And it is about competition. I'm glad that you put it that way because as we've seen with Savice in the past, if if a goalkeeper is not doing his job or he feels like he's not doing his job, He's not afraid to make a change, and I think that's also what's going on here. Is that I think Flom are trying to bring in players to um, to bring up the competition between, say, the player that is at each position right now. That's why I expect several signings to still come in because I think that's part of what they want to do. I think they also, more importantly, I think they want to upgrade, but the, I think they also want the competition and uh, you know players that have a certain position. That were very good in the championship. Maybe the team feels that they need more competition at that position and may the best player win at each position. That's the way I'm looking at it. And um, Max, let's move on. We've already talked about Mitro, but let's go back to him. Not likely, likely, very likely. I think we're both going to agree very likely. Yeah, very likely. I might go one further and say
0: very, very likely. <laughs> we're going to create a fourth category for this one uh, just because. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's how it's looking right now.
1: <laughs> okay. Now let's talk about this next player. There has been some speculation today about Malcolm being linked to, I believe it's Roma. And uh, all that I've been reading this morning, this is on Friday morning, that um, this is progressing. So we'll have to see how this plays out. But I'm going to put this as not likely, but I like the fact that if Fulham really were in for this player and and tried to get this player, it shows intent, Max. But I'm going to put this as not likely. Yeah, un- undoubtedly it
0: shows intent. I'm going to agree with you, not likely. Right now, as you mentioned, it looks like Roma has made a 31 million pound bid for for the for the Bordeaux winger. So it doesn't look like we're going to get him as of now. But I think the reports just in itself were a positive sign, right? Because we are challenging the likes of Everton, Roma, Tottenham, even were linked with him. So these are some of Europe's you know biggest clubs. Some of them are playing in the Champions League. Some of them are not, but just to be in the same conversation as those teams, show how far we've come recently. And although we're probably not going to get him, you know, it's it's good to be in the mix. That's what I think.
1: See, that's my point, Max. It's funny because um, earlier on in the silly season, I would see links, like I said, to Championship players and other teams, say Cardiff or Huddersfield Town. We would be linked along with them. Now you're seeing us link with, like you said, some of the biggest. (laughs) Clubs, not just in England, but around Europe, we're battling with. And again, it's about changing the mindset. I am all for going after these high targets. Why not? Why not? Don't put yourself into this bubble that you are this when you want to be something else. Phone want to be something else. And I don't blame the cons for wanting to try to better themselves. This is my opinion, Max. They don't want to accept that they are going to just be a team that's going to fight relegation. They want to try to find players that can try to put us beyond that. And that, to me, shows that with the Seri signing, but it also shows that with me going after a player like Malcolm. They're they're trying to say, "We, we don't want to be anywhere near it. We're going to bring in players that are going to ensure that we're nowhere near a relegation battle. We're going to potentially try to fight to get in the top 10. And that, to me, is what... Going after a player like Malcolm says to me, Max, your thoughts? Yeah, sure.
0: I'd sum it up in this one kind of phrase from Aiden Flint to Malcolm. <laughs> you know, right? He started out in right after the playoff final being linked with Aiden Flint. That's who's a Great point. A championship player, let's be honest, a good championship player, but not a Premier League player. And now, you know, to the current day when we were linked with Malcolm, who I think it has the potential to be one of the best wingers in Europe possibly. He's only 21 years old. Right. There's a big future in front of him. Even though we're not going to get either player, I think it's, clear, it's fair to say, just the fact that we've progressed from championship players, as you mentioned, to top-quality European players is a huge progression for us. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, give Tony Khan a lot of credit.
1: I totally do, Max, because he's trying to change the way Fulmer viewed. And, you know, again... I have no problem with him doing this. Like I said, I saw them do this with the Jaguars. So I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that they were going to do this. I actually thought that maybe after Sarri that, that the uh, targets would change a little bit. They haven't. They've actually stayed at that yeah. level, which is amazing really? that they're they're looking for players on the same level as Sarri. And that, to me, is exciting. And there's nothing wrong with that. If they don't get the players, so be it. They're also trying to change the mentality that others have on Fulham, and I like that. All right, my friend. Let's move on. Let's talk about this right back by the name of Kevin. Uh, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, Mbabu. I'm probably, I probably said that wrong there, my friend. But what are your thoughts about this speculation? I'm going to say, based on what I've read about this, I'm going to put this in the likely category. Might not happen, but I think this is more than. Being in the not likely, it's kind of in between, but I'm going to put this in the likely category. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I'd agree. It's probably somewhere in between not likely and likely. Uh, Mbabu used to play for Newcastle, um, but he never really broke through in the first team there. Now, of course, is in Switzerland. But he was uh, once recorded as one of the fastest players in the Premier League, I think, uh, when he was at Newcastle. He has a really great pace, and he's still very young, I think 23 years old. Um, So he has the ability to progress into a very good defender. I think it's interesting because we, I think we have a similar type of player to him in terms of Cyrus Christie. So that's the only reason I'd be a little hesitant about the signing and would it be an upgrade? That's unclear. But again, I think the fullback positions are a position where we need to strengthening. I think it said he can also play center back, which is also right. a bonus. So without a doubt, um, it would be a good signing for a young promising pacey defender. You know, we could always use that in the premier league.
1: Definitely. And, uh, and well, this is just speculation, and uh, I should have created a fourth category, maybe even a fifth category, because it's somewhere in between. But I would—this is one just to keep your eye on. You never know what's going to happen. It's like I said—it's kind of in between, not likely and likely. And I said likely, but who knows? We'll have to see how that all plays out. All right, let's move on to one that actually just started percolating yesterday. David Lopez. This one's fascinating. I want to get your thoughts on David Lopez. I will let you go first. Which category to put this one on? Because this one's interesting. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. Uh, he He's a captain of Espanyol
0: in Spain. He's a very valuable player for them, that's for sure. And, and the fees being tossed around are even higher than the Serif fees. I think it's like that's 35 right. million pounds. So it's a lot of money for um, a very experienced and good player. He's really, 29, correct? Yeah, he, he's old. He's, he's, not, he's not a youngster. He's definitely... Um, an experienced player for sure. Uh, He is, um, he's going to be, he's going to be decent for us, I think, but I I don't know if he wants to choose Fulham. I I don't see why he would leave Espanol necessarily at this point in his career. Um, And I I don't know if we're ready to splash the amount of cash for a player, you know, of that age. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say not likely. I think it's probably a bit too much for us at this moment in time. Right. Um, But I mean, the fact of the matter is that we're linked with him is still impressive.
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to put, like you, in the not likely category as well. I don't see it happening, but I like the intent. I like how uh, Fulmar, uh, looking at the uh, transfer window, they are targeting players at a high level. And Max, the next name I I have for you goes in that category as well. Wilmer Barrios. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put this in the not likely category as well. But for me, again, I like the intent. Yeah, I agree. I think he is probably one who might go to
0: a, like an Everton or Tottenham. I think it's funny. These kind of same clubs are being linked with us as well. It's Everton Tottenham team. to be always popping up next to us for some reason, which is great, which is great to see. I think he's definitely a great player. We saw it in the world cup. Um, of course with Columbia, he's a combative defensive midfielder, someone kind of in the mold of a mixture between, I think Stephanie Johansson and Kevin McDonald almost in the way he plays combination of their two skills. I, I just don't. I looked at the reports. I was doing some research from an article for of the boot room on this. And honestly, I couldn't find anything that reputable that was linking him to us. It is said we tabled an offer for him, but also I read some things that said it might just be the club trying to give him a better contract and negotiate. Unclear if he's willing to move to Fulham. But again, probably not likely, but a good name to be linked with and certainly an impressive player.
1: Absolutely, there, my friend. Very good. Listen. Any other names that you've seen speculation on stand out to you right now? We were just focusing on these, but anyone else? Yeah, one player who I think very
0: close to home is Matt Target. Oh, and that's that's kind of uh, caught up some heat in the past couple of days because it's said that we've re-upped our bid for him. Um, in the beginning of the season, I think people were thinking we kind of moved on from him after Mark Hughes said he's not for sale, but I think he's one of our top targets. <laughs> No pun intended, but he is a great left back. We know how well he can play. He's a very intelligent defender. and He's also a very young defender who has Premier League experience. So I think it would make sense that we're targeting him. And I think he probably is torn because Southampton is his club he came up with. Um, he, He knows him a lot better than he knows us. And I think they want to keep him, which might be difficult for him to say no to. But he'll be much loved at the cottage. And I think everyone would agree that would be a really nice signing if we could bring that target back.
1: I would love to see them get Matt Target, but uh, I just got this funny feeling that uh, Mark Hughes will not sell him the foam. <laughs> I just, you know, so uh, I think he might have a little bit of a grudge, and I yeah. just don't think that's going to happen. And uh, I kind of understand that because for me as a foam supporter, this is just me talking. I don't want foam to ever, ever sell a player to Tottenham. That's just me. Yeah. That's just me. Out of spite, I would never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's why, you know, if someone's holding a grudge, because I'm still holding a grudge against Tottenham Hotspur for, uh, for Musa Dembele and Clint Dempsey, I'll, I'll, I'll never get over that. Sorry. Never will get over that. <laughs> because uh, because if Musa Dembele stays at Fulham, I think that season's completely different. And the way that things turned out, I think, believe it or not, I think that's the player that affected everything that went on. We got old very quick. But if they have Musa Dembele, I think that they could weather the storm. Uh, but that was not to be, and uh, I hold Tottenham Hotspur responsible, so I do hold a grudge against them. All right. <laughs> I had to throw that in there, my friend. All right. Great show. Fantastic show, Max. Any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, final thoughts. I think we're going to come full circle. I love
0: how he ended on the Mark Hughes note because Mark Hughes, of course, infamously left Fulham back <clears throat> in 2011, and the reason he left, he said, was that the club lacked ambition. That's right. And to look at us now, some seven years later, I think the definition of our transit window so far has been ambition. So it's a great progression for us to come from where we were then when, of course, Mark Hughes is misguided. We all hate him. made a terrible (laughs) choice. But no one can ever accuse us of of lacking ambition now. And that's how it's going to stay, I think, for a very long time.
1: Right. And I totally agree with you. And I will just on this Mark Hughes thing, even though he was not with this uh, club anymore when when they got relegated, I got to tell you, I had a little bit of a smile when I saw Stoke City get relegated because what was the team yeah. that actually relegated Fulham? Stoke City. Yeah. They got relegated. So what goes around comes around. Yeah. And that's my final thought that, you know, again, we could talk about, like you said, Mark Hughes with ambition. Look at Fulham now with the ambition they have. A lot of changes over, over the course of time. And uh, best of luck to uh, Mark Hughes, where you are right now with Southampton. But I like where Fulham are right now, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, my friend. Fantastic show. Great show. Well, let's wrap this up. From Max Cohen from the Boot Room, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health
0: Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
1: It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and term supply, see mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk
1: Sport Fan Network. Talk sport powered by fans.